Welcome to the Living Faith Fellowship Conference podcast. The Living Faith Fellowship is a peer network of like-minded churches united under a single biblical authority and one common mission. You're about to hear a message from one of the many conferences hosted by the Living Faith Fellowship every year. We pray it's a blessing. Thank you for coming. This is awesome. We have new people today. Um, thank you for supporting. Um, let's pray and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity that, that we get to hear from you and um, to learn how to how to share the gospel today, uh, to learn from you and uh, how to be effective to uh, minister to international students. God, we thank you. Pray that today would you use me uh, and you speak to all of us um, that, that we will uh, change our life, that you will change our life uh, for your glory. We thank you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to start with uh, testimony. Brian Cole is going to give us, share his testimony. Um, Good morning, guys. So I know a lot of you here probably know of me uh, and know about my testimony. Uh, but I also want to just share uh, how God really used uh, Friends of International to kind of reach out and to just grab a hold of my heart. And ultimately, that's how I got saved. It was through um, FOI as a ministry. So uh, just to give a, a brief introduction. Hey, guys, how's it going? Uh, just to give a brief introduction of who I am, my name is Brian. I am an international, I guess, being, I'm not a student anymore. I graduated in May, so like, I, I guess I'm just like a person, but I'm not from here. I'm from Malaysia, and uh, so I, I originally came back in 2019, uh, August 2019, here to, to study uh, at the University of Missouri, Kansas City, and the reason why I picked UMKC was because uh, my mom graduated from there like 20 years ago. Uh, so I, I picked it out and, and they were the, the first one to offer me a scholarship. I was like, oh, cool. And uh, the reason why I wanted to come to the States was just to basically start a whole new life, which in a sense I did. Right? I got I, I got reborn again as, as a believer. But um, the, the goal I, when I was here was that, you know, I just wanted to not know anyone and just start a new life. And uh, whenever I, I got I accepted the, the scholarship from the school, uh, I reached out to the university. I was like, hey. I don't know anyone here. Um, do you guys have airport pickup? And, you know, you, because UMKC is a small university, they don't have that. But because of the connection that um, Friends of International has with the university, they're like, hey, actually, this organization has airport pickup. And then I looked up the website, and the first thing that I saw was a Christian organization willing to help and volunteer international. So I was like, ah, I don't want, I don't want to be with Christians. I want to be, I want to be cool. Right. No, I'm kidding. But I, I, well, actually, that was my response. I didn't actually want to 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 uh, interact with friends international because just because I thought you know I knew they were Christian. But then my mom was like, "Hey, you know, they're they're friendly. They're nice. You know, check them out." I'm like, "Okay, cool." So I emailed them, and then um, Taylor Lyon was um, one of the um, members that's going to to Vietnam. Um, he reached out back out. I was like, "Hey, yeah, totally. We'd love to give you an airport pickup." And Pastor Andrew Ong was the first one that picked me up from the airport. And it was amazing, right? When I first landed uh, at the airport, like he just loved on me. And I, I was like taken about, I was like, man, this, this is weird. This, this guy just like doesn't even know me, but he wants to help me with my Airbnb, help me carry my bags and just like loved on me like sacrificially, right? I was so used to um, people doing something for an agenda. And I, I was like so foreign to, to like sacrificial love. I, I was like, man, what is this? Like, I want to know more about this love. Um, so um, Andrew um, started introducing me to, to different people in Kaya and then, you know, the same love was shown to me. And then they invited me to Bible study, invited me to, to church. I was like, man, 
And as I come to church, as I come to, to, to Bible study, man, I got exposed to the gospel. And, and one night on August 22nd, uh, I remember it's one, it's one of the houses that we used to host Bible study at. Um, Andrew preached the gospel to me, and that's how I accepted um, Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And now I'm here, uh, and I'm still here, Lord, Lord um, praise God. And um, so that's like a really short um, testimony of how God just used FY in my life. And it was just a simple act of Andrew willing to go out of his way. And it's not like a huge thing. It's just going to an airport, picking someone up and just loving on them. But that like changed my entire life. And that's how I got to know Christ. Um, so that's like a really short version of my testimony. And if you want to know more, man, I would love to just expound on it to you. Um, and a man kid told me to kind of add on tips on how to minister to international students because I'm an international student, you know. Um, but uh, I, I think ultimately it's just building a, a genuine relationship with them. Uh, I think uh, it doesn't have to be that complicated. I think it's just, man, just being a friend to them and just be willing to love on them. Uh, and just have no expectation because I think a lot of times when an international student come, you know, they're in a foreign place, they don't know anyone. And sometimes their background is that um, people have, it's really superficial the way people treat each other. And also the, the love, um, it's always something that they, that they expect back. And when you love sacrificially, man, we don't expect anything back. We just want an opportunity to love on them. Man, that, that changes the whole world um, for them. And through that relationship, as you build a, a genuine relationship, you get to share values. And I mean, we can trust God to, to have an open door to openly share um, your faith. So I guess um, to, to boil it down is that, man, just love them unconditionally um, and trust God and just to build a genuine relationship. And as that as that progresses, you would have you will have opportunities to share the gospel to them. Um, yeah, I think that's it for me. Yeah. Hey, so um, if you want here uh, yesterday and the other day, um, you can go on LFF uh, Fellowship, LF, lffellowship.com that you can find a, a recording there. Um, um, so yesterday we talked about how to start um, an FOI ministry in a practical ways and how a circle of ministry looks like. And then uh, we talked about, we used um, Nehemiah 1 and Nehemiah 2 to talk about the burden, the prayer, and how God used one man to change the entire nation uh, after bondage bondage of like 92 years, 93 years. Um, so we at the end, we talked about that someone, someone has been waiting for you, for us to reach out to them to so that we can speak truth into their life and share the gospel to them so that their life can be restored uh, in Christ. So um, with that today, we're going to talk about uh, how to share the gospel question has anyone shared a gospel before okay um so i don't think this is something that's foreign but i think it's very, something that is very um good to revisit and uh, learn from jesus how did he do it um specifically in the context of um in international students or or foreigners that is in your life that just different from different culture, different backgrounds um, that doesn't look or speak or smell the same as you or as me. So, um, so today we're going to be in John chapter uh, John chapter four. Uh, if you have your Bible, turn there. I will have most of the. Um, don't spoil me. Uh, I will have most of the the 
of the text uh, on screen so that you can read it also. So first of all, I would say context. Context is, the, is important in evangelism. The context of the person that who you're speaking to. It's very important that you know who is this person? What does he do? Or what is, what is this person's background? Where does he come from? What is his story? What is this person's story? Because you're not just talking to a, you know, an object. You're talking to a person and the, the way how you can effective evangelize to them or, or really simple having a conversation, right? Is to know who they are, where they're from and what is their story. Um, so uh, street evangelizing, um, you know, there's a place for that, but at the same time sharing to a complete stranger is different from sharing the gospel with, you know, let's say a family member or so sharing in the workplace. You know, work environment in school, in classroom, or so, um, you know, sharing with someone that you know a bit more. Um, because on the streets, you're just talking. It's a one, it's a lot of time, it's just a one way thing, right? But when you're sharing to a friend, you know, trying to make friends, sharing, uh, in, um, sharing the gospel to someone that you kind of know, it's very different. You cannot just like just preaching to them because that's, called preaching it's not like sharing the gospel it's not evangelizing because the conversation of sharing the gospel and evangelizing is a, is a two-way it's a it's a it's a bouncing back and forth a conversation it's not just like i'm i have something to tell you you gotta listen because if you're not able to speak into their heart or something that god is wrestling with their if with their life you don't know how to speak into their life so you won't be able to see what God is doing. Um, so with that context is very important. So get to know the person before you start sharing. Um, you know, uh, something that, that, that I do often is I just share, Hey, tell me, tell me who you are. Tell me about your day. Tell me about your family. Tell me everything, you know, what's going on in your life so that I can know how to speak into their life. Without that, I'm just speaking to someone, right? So with that, so knowing who the person is, so the next slide, this is a scale uh, of steps to Christ. You know, from knowing the person, from talking to the person, get to know them, you will know kind of, you can, you can scale or kind of know where they're at. From the points of, I have no like no awareness of God. And then step by step, you know, like invest, you know, you know, somewhere awareness and then all the way, you know, taking steps to a decision to surrender to Jesus. And that's from, it's one to 10. So it's not like, you know, the first day you meet them, if they're one, probably they're not going to go all the way to 10. So that's where you gauge the where the person is at, and then, then you can know how to speak into their life, or how what is the volume that you need to speak into. Because sometimes it feels forcing. You're forcing the conversation where the person is. Like, I don't. I don't care. If the person doesn't care, is like I, I don't want to know. Then you don't want to force the conversation. Then, 
the person doesn't want to talk to you again, right? Because it feels like you're just selling something, right? You're selling something. You just, hey, you know, I don't care if you want it. I'm, I'm selling it to you. That's just forcing. That's not effective evangelizing. Um, and then also the next next slide. You know, you know the 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 picture or the um, the parable that Jesus gave the 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 field, the sowing of the seed, the sower. You know, the the sideway, the thorny ground, the rock, uh, the rocky ground, and then the good soil. You want to know where they at, so that you can properly minister to them. Um, and also give you patience, right? So if the person is on a sideway or like in, the, in, the, in level one, then you know that it's going to take a while. So you just keep praying, keep event, in, uh, investing, keep loving them so that God can continue to work in their heart, in their mind, to see, to open their eyes, to open their ears, to, to hear, hey, what is this thing? What is this spiritual understanding? Like open their spiritual understanding of what is this Jesus thinks is about, right? Um, for my father, um, you know, I got saved like seven years ago. Um, I share with with him like multiple times in the gospel, uh, in terms of the gospel. You know, speaking, telling him how how has my life been? It's been seven years. Um, um, I I would say I. I would think he's still in level three or four um, after seven years. But um, two months ago, um, we had a phone call. Um, he called. He he told me, "Hey, uh, um, that he have cancer. Um, he have a lung cancer. He's a long term uh, smoker. He smoked like pretty much his entire life. Um, so." Um, then you know how how it goes, you know, if you have lung cancer. Um, so he he started consider life. He started considering like life. What is going like what is life? What is this Jesus thinks is about? So seven years. Finally he is he he want to know. For the last seven years, he just, I don't care. If I go to hell, I go to hell. That's what his mentality. But now he's considering I could die tomorrow. Um, so, um, so it takes some time and it's very key that you just not just, you know, like a machine gun is, I have something to say, um, but not knowing where the person is at, because if you're just selling, people knows you don't care about me. Like, you, you know, somebody that I don't like, I, I really don't know you, but you speak like, you know, you know me. But um, people people can can sense that that you you're not. This is not a relationship. This is not a conversation, right? Conversation is a two way. This is not a relationship. Relationship is is two way. So with that, that's very important. That as friends of the nationals, what that we make friends, right? Through the friendship, we want to trust God that building a platform that we can speak truth into their life with cares. Because the reason why we're sharing the gospel is not just because it's the right things to do. It is the right thing to do, but at the same time, it's because we love them, right? Without that love, without charity, I'm just like, you know, what is it called? Brass? Is it just sounding brass? 
just noise to them. So with that, um, we are going to dive into John chapter 4. Uh, we're going to learn from Jesus how did he share the gospel with a culture with the people that doesn't like him, doesn't look like him or sounds like him, the background or whatever that looks like. Um, um, so the book of the book of John, uh, the purpose of the book of John is very clear in um, John chapter 20, verse 31. It says, um, you know, these, these are written um, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ and the son of God that, uh, and that belief ye may have life through his name. So, so with that, the purpose of John is so that we can believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is Christ. And the story, the story of the woman in the well is a story that only in the book of John. And you know that is good because John has insight, has an insight that he is this is he's the disciples that uh, whom Jesus loved. He's the one, um, not just he is the one that he loved, but he knows that Jesus loved him. Um, that he got to write the five, uh, you know, five books, um, John, and then first, second, third John, and then the book of Revelation. So he have insights of what is going on and take place and how can we learn to help people to believe that Jesus is the son of God. So in verse four, um, first first point in here, Jesus said, "You know, um, let me see. It's sort of, this is sort of verse three. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. So this is this is very very interesting because he could have taken the one path that saved him three days of travel." But he took the detour to go to Samaria so that he can go into Galilee. That's a three days detour. Just think about it. You could have just taken a one day plane to go to Boston. Right, a couple hours. But you choose to take a detour to go to Japan. That's completely the other way. That's a three-day detours and then come back to Boston. The question is, why? Why Jesus said he must go through Samaria? Jesus was very intentional in sharing the gospel. He wanted to do a cross-cultural ministry because Jews, you know, Jews will not interact with the Samaritan. Um, in terms of history, in terms of who they are, Jews despise them. Like these are uh, people that's different. These people worship other gods. They mix the the worship between you know um, you know Jehovah um, and other gods, and then they see Samaritan is is dirty. It's dirty people. Mixed culture, mixed race, and however that looks like, Jews don't talk to Samaritan. Uh, most Jews will not go through Samaria because they think it's unclean you know, that would devour them. Um, so key point number one is you must be, we must be intentional and resolute to share the gospel. Um, what does that mean is, think about the last month. How many international students you have met? 
or talk to last year, right? This entire 2022, they're here. They're here in Kansas City. There's there's somewhere here, but we don't talk to them or we don't know them or we don't have an opportunity to meet them because they're not in us in us in our circle. They're really not in our circle. Um, many times they have their own um, they have their own you know events and own culture and own thing. But the thing is, if we don't intentional to go to meet them, we'll never meet them, right? Um, um, there's um, there's a huge amount of Vietnamese immigrants, international students in Kansas City metro area, a couple thousand. Where where they at? We don't know because they're not in our cycle, in our, in our, in our, in our, in our circle, in our, you know, little community. So Jesus took the initiative to just, hey, I'm going to take a detour, take my inconvenience so that this person, this lady that doesn't like me, doesn't, you know, we normally doesn't interact so that this person can hear the gospel. Um, Let's keep moving. Um, so the second point that you see is you must position. You must position yourself. What does it mean is if you're intentional to do that, then your life cycle need to change or your, your, your things that you do need to change. Let's say, you know, a Saturday, pick a Saturday, you know, or even Sunday, you know, we play Frisbee on Foxbox every Sunday, three to five. What if, what if I position myself so that I can be where they at, right? Samaria, Samaria is a separate area, a city. What if I position myself to go there, to be there, so that I increase my possibility to meet them? Because if I stuck with my own um, circle, I will never, I will never meet them. You know, we are so good at being church because we feel comfortable with our church activities every single week. We love the routine, um, but without an intentional going somewhere in a, with the intention to fish, to evangelize, to meet people, we'll never meet them because it's so much more comfortable to, uh, to stay home, right? It's, um, to stay in our little bubble, Christian bubble, that we being too Christian, that we forgot that we actually need to go to the world um, to see so safe. Because the truth is, normally they don't come to church, <laughs> right? And yeah, they don't come to church. So we need to position ourselves um, to where they are at. Um, and also, in verse, uh, verse six, there you go. Um, let me see in verse six, it said, now Jacob's well were, was there. Jesus, therefore being wearied with his journey, set dust, uh, set dust on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. 
So Jesus said he was wearied with his journey. So what does it mean is it takes extra effort. It takes extra work to be there. But Jesus said it's worthy, right? So for us, it takes some work. We take some work to be there, even if it's inconvenient. Um, let's see. Verse 7. Um, they come up. Hmm. Yeah. Um, why does cop copy wrong? Okay. Verse seven, uh, there cometh a woman of Samaria and drew water. Jesus said unto her, give me to drink. So key point here is come out of your comfort zone and talk to someone that is, um, that is not comfortable with because, uh, we have an accent. <laughs> um, that's part of it. Um, at the same time, you don't know if this person like anything that you like. It's strangers, someone that doesn't like you. Um, the honest truth is, when I first come here, um, I was very uncomfortable with um, African-American. Because in my home, in Hong Kong, we never seen one. So for me, it's very uncomfortable. But at the same time, after I got saved, I know that, that I don't see person after the flesh. I only see them as souls. So for me, to get out of my comfort zone, to talk to anyone, is, 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 is uncomfortable. But Jesus said, hey, um, he, he talked out of the culture, out of um, the routine, out of the expectation or perspective of the, of the world. He broke the rules, right? He broke the, uh, the stereotype, but he chose to talk. Um, so we need to get out, come out of our comfort zone. Um, in Proverbs 18, verse 24, it says, A man that has friends must show himself friendly. And the, there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. So we need to change our way out of our comfort zone and be friendly so that we can make friends. Um, let's keep moving. Verse 9. Um, <clears throat> then saith the woman of Samaria, Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew ask drink of me? which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jew have no dealings with the Samaritans. So in here, there's always a, le be a level of uh, awareness. Uh, there will always be a level of awareness speaking to someone that is normally have no dealing with. Um, and also in verse 10, Jesus uh, turns the conversation from a physical to a spiritual one. Um, you know, a gift from God you are, you know, you are talking to God. Jesus is, you know, pursuing this um, Samaritan woman. So this is very key that because a normal conversation will talk, kind of talk about, talk about uh, football, talk about the weather, talk about everything else but Jesus, but spiritual thing. Because in the, in the lost, lost person, that's not in, a, in their vocabulary. They will never talk about these things. 
But the question is, how do we navigate the conversation from a spiritual thing, a normal conversation, to a spiritual things in a smooth transaction, transition, right? Because sometimes our heart is like, I really want to share the gospel. I really want to share the gospel. But the problem is we have been talking about chiefs for the last 20 minutes. We can talk about this all day. Look at how, how Chiefs is awesome. I don't. I think they are going to Super Bowl this year for 20 minutes. But how can we change that into a spiritual conversation? Um, Jesus taught us is we start from a common ground, right? We start from a common ground that 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 it naturally changed the the, the trajectory of the conversation. Um, and then, in uh, so key point number five, trust God to find a door of utterance so the conversation can go from physical things to spiritual things. So some of the examples um, that I use, some of the examples that I use is, hey, do you read? What do, what do you read? Do you read every day? Um, so it's a, it's a normal conversation that you ask a person and then they talk. And then for you, what do you read? And you read the Bible, right? There's a book, uh, the path that I'm, I'm reading, talk about how can a person, um, you know, have counseling, you know, how to get out of depression and all the stuff. And it's like, yeah, you know, I feel depressed sometimes too, anxiety and all the stuff. How do you navigate that conversation to spiritual things? Um, what do you want to do in the future? It's, a, it's a, right after you graduate. What do you want to do? Oh, I want to be an engineer. I want to be, you know, you know, uh, whatever you you want to do, right? Um, mechanical engineer. Um, I want to be a missionary. It's like, oh, what does that mean? Right? It's a it's a conversation that you you start from us physical things, but you are not forcing the uh, the conversation to just like. But to kind of like you throw the ball out and the person catched it and then they throw it back. That's how conversation works, right? You throw it out, you throw a question out and then they caught it. They said something about themselves. And then normally uh, if the person is interested, they will ask, what about you? <laughs> what about you? Um, then you can start sharing. Um, but then you can gauge where the person is at at the same time. You know, if the person doesn't really want to talk to you, they're kind of like, oh, cool. Uh, it's nice to meet you. I'll see you later, you know, uh, or something like that, right? Then you can gauge where the person is at um, at the same time if they're interested in spiritual things. Because, and again, after you said something, you throw the ball back. You know, I want to be a missionary. Then if they're interested, they'll be like, oh, what does that mean? Like, what do you mean? So there's a, there's a conversation of, of from the physical standpoint to a spiritual, uh, spiritual standpoint. Uh, one thing that Andrew used a lot with his uh, family is uh, because his family is, is really big on business. Um, his entire family is business-minded uh, and, and making money and, and very... Um, you know, um, money driven. Um, so when they ask, 
hey, are you doing business? They asked Andrew, hey, what are you doing business? It's like, yeah, I'm doing the father's business. It's like, what does that mean? Is this going to be rich? Yeah, of course. It's going to be gold, silver, and precious stones. It's like, huh? So then you, you, you quickly direct that conversation into a spiritual conversation and yet not forcing because you're just sharing who you are, what you talk, what you believe in, what you're talking about. And then at the same time, you can gauge where, um, where the person is at. And then you can navigate um, a conversation into a gospel conversation because, you know, it's natural. And at the same time, you're using a physical common ground and bring it into a spiritual conversation. Um, <clears throat> let's moving on. Uh, verse 11 to 12. Um, um, verse 11. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that uh, living water? Art thou uh, getter, uh, greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drink a uh, drink drunk there thereof himself and his trojans and his cattle? So there's pushback, right? There's always pushback. It's a good thing, so you know, because if the person is like, I don't care, I don't want to talk about this. They feel uncomfortable. They just talk about something else. But in here, there's pushback, there's bounce back. You know, there's things that it's like, hey, what are you talking about? You know, there's things that question, there's things that, you know, opposition um, is good. So don't be afraid of that because, it, you know, we can expect people that they have no idea what you're talking about or they have questions and they, they express their idea or feeling. It's like, I think this is silly. I've heard about the Bible. I think this is a very boring book. <laughs> You know, I heard about this. I, you know, I kind of like there's bounce back of conversation, but that's a good thing. So you are now in a spiritual conversation. You're gauging, you're knowing where the person is coming from, the things that they're struggling in their hearts or something they have gone through before. Maybe that's the, the stumbling block for them to come to Christ. They have bad, bad taste with, with churches. Many people that, um, you know, during COVID, Right. Many people have left their own church because of COVID, because their church, the old church is shut down and they come to Midtown, they try to, you know, have questions and you ask them, hey, where, where are you at? And, you know, what's life been and what does church look like? They would say, hey, I think, you know, I have bad taste or even you meet them on the streets. They were going to church, but they don't want to go to church anymore. Then the question is, why? Right. So from the from the opposition or questions and feedback, you can see or you can gauge where the person is at and expect that. And at the same time, you want to listen. Right. Because if you just focus on your agenda. Hey, I need to direct this conversation into gospel conversation as soon as possible. Then you lost the person because you're not listening. You're not listening. What is their point? What is the things that they're trying to say? What is the, um, what is the thing they're struggling in their heart? Because without that, you're just passing through that. And for them, it's just, you're talking. It's not a conversation. You're not talking to them. Um, 
and also try to you know trust God to have an answer. You know that's where your Bible understanding is is it comes into uh, important important um, is very important because as you're listening, you know as they're voicing their um, opinion or the um, opposition, you want to help them to navigate why. For example, um, if if the person is from another, sorry, I jumped again, not that one. Not yet. Okay, so um, if they say, um, um, I lost the, my notes, sorry. Um, like opposition of, of some sort of um, just things of their experience. Anyway. Um, then you want to help them to navigate what does the Bible said about them. You know, help them to continue the conversation to break the knot because there's knots in their heart um, and something that's blocking and you want them to kind of clear the, the fog in their eyes and experience and help them to see what they really need, um, which is the gospel. And then continuous, um, you know, in verse 13 to 15, that um, Jesus doesn't immediately, you know, just check out because sometimes, you know, we feel like, Oh, you, you're arguing. It's not really arguing. We're discussing something. It's a conversation. I'm throwing a ball at you, to you, and then you catch it, and then you throw it back to me. I'm having a conversation. It doesn't need to be a debate. It doesn't need to be like an argument. We're reasoning. We're reasoning together. Reasoning together. Um, in verse 13, that, let's see, uh, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this wa uh, water shall thirst again. So he's pointing out, you know, uh, a problem, a physical problem, a physical problem, whatever that, that person has their um, concern. He's pointing out the dis disadvantage of the physical things. Um, he's not showing like the entire hands yet, you know, like poker hands. You know, you want to hide a little bit so that you can win all the way, but he's hiding it. He's not showing entire, uh, entirely. He's navigating a conversation, helping from one to 10, right? Helping the person from one to 10. Uh, in verse 14, um, but whosoever drinketh of this water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be, shall be in him a well of water springing up, springing up uh, into everlasting life. In verse 14, he's, he's talking about explaining the advantage of the spiritual side. So he's comparing the physical thing and the spiritual things. Um, let's say talked about the, the career, career path, like why I choose, um, you know, I want to be a missionary or whoever that, you know, that you use. Then they ask why and all the things. Then you explain, comparing the, the physical thing and the spiritual things. Um, and then um, and then he kind of perks the interest off of the spiritual things, you know, to the person. It's like, look, this is good. This is why I've learned. This is why I see why the spiritual thing is good. So he's speaking, you know, showing that, that hey, there's, 
helping the person that you're evangelizing is um, to see interest. Uh, and then in verse 14, uh, 15, um, the woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst, no, uh, thirst not, neither come hither to draw. So <laughs> the Samaritan, he, she's focusing on the benefits, the goodness of, of getting the water. And, you know, most of the people do that too. It's like, hey, I want some of that peace that you talked about. I want some of that joy that you talked about. I want that. I want the benefits of, I want to be success. I want to be provided. I want to be um, guided in life. I don't want to be depressed anymore. You know, hey, give me that benefits. But in verse 16, 16 to 18, that Jesus didn't really answer that question directly. Um, but point out the area of that, that she have sinned. Because that's the ultimate problem that we have. It's not about that we are lack of this thing and that thing or whatever, but because of sin that we we have lack of, you know, we don't have access to God, that we're not in his family. And our sin is the ultimate problem that separates us from God. And that's the biggest need the person is at, if, you know, as you gauge the person, if the person is not saved. Um, in verse 16 to 18, it says, uh, Jesus said to her, go, call thy husband and come hither. And the woman said, uh, answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast hast is not thy husband in that saith thou truly so very quickly that the, that that jesus is directing the conversation into personal sin without that peace you will never lead to the gospel because without recognizing that the person have sin problem they will never need the gospel. They will never need Jesus. So in that conversation, as God leading you, you have to bring it up before there's a solution. You know, think about, this is how I explained to my father. Hey, you have cancer. The doctor told you and diagnosed that you have cancer. You have a problem. And the doctor said, hey, I have a solution. You know, either you do surgery to remove part of your lung or you, we can do um, um, the radio, radio, whatever, radiation to help it uh, or take medicine. There's a solution. The problem is if you have never believed or realized that you have cancer, you never need the, need the treatment. If the person have never realized they have sin problem, they will never need the solution from God. Um, so um, don't shy away from asking, you know, asking the questions. Hey, you know, I understand that you're concerning this benefit, like this, you know, good things, but there's a bigger problem and bigger needs in your life, which is the solution of, of your sin. Um, so from there, um, verse 19, 
the woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. So what does that mean is she's acknowledging it. So you want that peace. You, during the conversation, you want to know the person is acknowledging their sin. Because many times we just, you know, prideful. Right? I don't want to acknowledge or I, want to, I don't want to admit, I don't want to be honest that I have sin in my life. Right? Because it's a shameful thing. Like, it's just like, I don't want to tell you. Right? But without that, it's, the conversation, again, it's not going to continue. Um, because, you know, the person is not being honest. At the same time, without that, the person acknowledging that they have sin in their life, to examine their life, they're not going to want to continue the conversation or even like listen what does Jesus is offering. So in here, the Samaritan is, is acknowledging what she's saying is true. Um, but, and then she bring up other opposition, other things. Verse 20, our father worships in the mount and you say that Jerusalem uh Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. So what she bring up is, you know, she moved in an area of, moved to an area of tradition and religion, right? What, what other, what my family or the tradition or the uh, religion that they have, they're changing a conversation. It's very common if, you know, <clears throat> you know, if you talk about um, religion or whatever, like you talk about spiritual things, and uh, they would probably bring up, hey, I'm a Buddhist. Even they're not really a Buddhist. <laughs> That's the truth. They will identify as, they, as a Buddhist culturally, and they would say, I'm a Buddhist. Even they don't really practice any of the things. But it's just a, a, a mechanism that is defending themselves. Um, that, hey, you know, I don't think I'm a Chinese. This is a Western religion. But the honest truth is, uh, um, but the honest truth is, um, Christian or Jehovah worshiper, you know, the, the, the God of the Bible exists in, the, in, in China for over 5,000 years, even before Buddhism, even before, um, you know, Confucianism, before all that. China was worshiping the one God who created the heaven and earth, the one true God for thousands of years. So, um, well, that's one thing that you can tell them, right? They're using that as a, as an excuse or as a defense or as like redirect the conversation or the question in their mind, um, the tradition or their uh, religions. Um, and also, um, you know, they will have questions like, oh, what is this thing talking about? Is this, is this Catholic? You know, um, how is this compared to other place, other, other thing? Um, or they will say, oh, all religion is the same, right? Like they have all kinds of reasons. So you want to do your homework beforehand, right? Uh, in terms of apologetic, you want to understand what other religion or other culture um, it's about or what they believe so that you know how to navigate a conversation um, of why you believe what you believe. Um, 
And then it's continuous, verse 21 to verse 24. Um, so he step by step, Jesus step by step to break it down of all the like all the question and concern that this lady, uh, this lady has. Verse 21, he said, It's not about it's not about a location which you worship, which is tradition. Verse 21, uh, 22, Jesus correct her, her misunderstanding that salvation is of the Jews. It's only for the group of people. It's only for Westerners, which is really common in, in Asian country. Is This is a Western religion. Uh, it's not for me. In verse 23 to 24, Jesus uh, then tells her the truth, the true worship is in spirit and in truth. So you want to have a ready answer to give an answer to all men that ask you. Um, and then it continues in verse 25, um, the Samaritan woman does her last opposition, which is the delay of her decision. Um, you know, I think from, from what sharing yesterday um, about there's a lady that, that just keep giving reason. So I think I'm not gonna do it today. I think I'm gonna do it tomorrow. Or there's other reason to wait, other reason to wait, other reason to wait, but it's our job, it's our, responsibility to help them to understand that tomorrow is not promised. Um, you know, if you understand this is, there's a problem and this is a solution, um, you don't need to know a lot, a lot of things in the Bible to believe what the God said, what did God, uh, what did Jesus said? And also, um, and you don't want to push them. Right. If they said, I really need to think about this, then give them space. Um, but the background, you're just praying, you're just praying that, that God will have mercy on them and give them time to consider, give them days to consider um, the gospel. Um, for me, when I, first, um, when I first got saved or before I got saved, um, the day that I recognize that I am a sinner, that I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior, that this is the one way and he's the one true God and he loves me. And I need to repent and believe. This is the only way. God is literally asking me, he's like, what are you waiting for? You understand, you know. But I waited for one week because I know if I make this decision, it will change my life completely. Do I want that? It took me a week um, to consider, to think. And, um, but that week was like the, the worst week ever because God just keep poking. God was working in my heart and life, in my mind every single day. No, because I know, I recognize the truth and um, God just keep working in my heart. And after a week, I realized I, I can't do this anymore. Why go back where God has so much more for me and he loves me and he's the one true God. So, um, you know, there's pushback. There's, let's just delay. Let's just wait. Um, but it's our, our responsibilities and it's our um 
it's necessary to tell them, hey, this is this is the way, and you don't have to wait. There's um, and of course, you know, if you have questions, you you can ask, but at the same time, this is it. Um, so that's kind of like how um, Jesus was sharing the the the, um, the gospel to her, and how a conversation between a Samaritan and Jews um, having a conversation on spiritual things and the gospel conversation. Um, there isn't a single specific way that I can tell you when you go into a conversation, this is what's going to happen. That's why I say in the beginning is you have to listen. It's, you're throwing a ball. They catch it, they respond, and then they throw it back to you. Sometimes it takes months of conversation from a person from level one to level 10. You know, it's like Pokemon. <laughs> um, it takes some time. It takes some battle. It takes some kind of back and forth, back and forth. Um, but what we're doing is we're trusting God to have this conversation leading to the gospel and then helping the person to come to the place that he's ready or she's ready. Um, um, and that's it. Any questions? Um, <clears throat> um, and another thing is you want to be aware of false conversion um, because uh maybe not so much in the US but um as you in you know invest in international students they will be um asian is is you know a lot of it's about respect hey i will do this because i respect you but that's not what that's not what got one um so you want to know where the person is at and you want to know if they're if there is a legitimacy of acknowledging of sin and repentance, um, sometimes it's hard to tell. Um, but if the person is crying, uh, you can tell. Um, not like you're trying to make them cry, but um, but you know there's emotional components. You know you can tell by their face and the countenance um, because when they're convicted by God, they cannot hold up their face. That's just the truth. Um, when they have things that, that you have speak into their life, that it touched them, um, they cannot hide it. That's just the truth. So, you know, eye contact is very important. Um, eye con eyes con eye contact um, is very important. And, and again, it's about talking to a person. It's about talking to a person, a friend, and then you build a relationship, go back and forward. And during those conversations, how do you navigate um, smoothly into a spiritual conversation? Um, you know, sometimes people have church background. Um, you know, um, like yesterday, last night, I think it's last night at Eric's house. Um, this guy, he's visitor and we don't, we, I, are we, I don't know him. But it sounded like he's, you know, sounded like he's a believer. He's all the Christian lingos. But it's good to know that, that that he may not say it. You never know. 
because the lingo doesn't save you. <laughs> um, so um, some of the question is, you know, I ask is, hey, can you, t can you tell me how did you know about this conference? Like, and again, it's asking the story. You're asking the person's story. Like um, you want to know where they come from. And then at one point he said he saved. And then I said, hey, can you tell me a bit more? You know, there's, it's a natural conversation. You're not like checking, checking, checking out on them. But it's at the same time, you want to know where the person is at in a in natural conversation way. Um, it takes some time um, to be naturally conversational. <laughs> um, but, you know, in a, sometimes for international students, the English is not that well. So you want to give them time, give them time to let them express themselves, what they want to talk about, like what they want, what they're actually saying. And sometimes you have to repeat a couple times what you said and ask even deeper question, like a, a follow-up question of what they said, because, you know, they may not, you may not understand what you actually, what they're trying to say, um, what they're trying to say, um, because you want them, you want to know, like you want to know what they're actually saying. Um, oh, um, the other thing is, um, um, for the this 40 days, uh, I've spent 40 days in Vietnam, spending time with uh, Fom's family, um, the in-laws and other family relatives. Um, I, I've learned one thing that <clears throat> if the person you know, I mean, this is what God has shown me and this is what I've been doing. If you know this is the person that you will only see them one time ever in your life and the person you know we have a lot of old relatives you know that i may not see them next year that's the truth or ever again and the person is not saved you want to be bold to speak into share the gospel in a respective way at the same time um um i don't know with bonus and uh one thing that i i um I said it's um, because I really don't know this person, right? This is the first time I meet them and this is probably the last time I meet them. Um, and I know that my my wife uh, loves them. Um, so um, I just told them, it's like, hey, I have a message from God for you. I'm a messenger here specifically for you from the God of the, the, the creator of the universe, from Jesus, do you want to hear? Um, because I don't know any other way to open that conversation while I have, what, 15, 30 minutes to be with them, and that's it. Um, I'll just say, hey, I have a message for you from God. Do you want to hear from Jesus, um, the creator of the universe, for you specifically? It's not lying, right? I'm a messenger from God. Um, God has sent me to share the gospel to everyone I meet. Um, that's like the most direct way to start a conversation um, 
awkwardly, I would say, if if you think it's awkwardly, but that that this is personal. This is a message specifically for you because it's actually true, right? But you, um, that's what God has shown me. If you have only one chance, one shot, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, I have a message for you. And then from there, not just like, you know, but at the same time, asking questions, asking questions concerning her, um, the person's life uh, about that sin, about do you know Jesus? Um, and then um, through that, you want to share the gospel directly. So, okay. Thank you for, okay. Thank you for coming. Um, I know that um, we have a small group of people. Um, but thank you for coming. I hope that this um, encouraged you um, and helped you guys to be more effective uh, in terms of reaching international student or anyone in, um, in sharing the gospel. Cool. Let's pray and then we'll dismiss. God, we thank you. Um, we thank you that you um, be an example of how to share the gospel and also how to um, reach people that unlike us. Um, that people that we're not familiar with and uh, maybe that we never talked to before. God, help us to have um, the same urgency and determination and intentional to share the gospel um, that I, that we must go through Samaria. That is need, that we must do something out of our comfort zone, out of our way, so that people can hear the gospel, people can get saved, people have an opportunity to see the truth. So God, would you use us um, to reach um, the world, all nations, um, to Christ, to you. Um, God, we need you. We need you um, to use us to speak as you open the doors for us, a door of utterance that will speak the truth in love and full of grace and truth. God, we thank you. Uh, pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope this message was a blessing to you. If you're interested in learning more about the Living Faith Fellowship, visit lffellowship.com. God bless.